To find love is to find pain. To find the sun is to find rain. To be a genius is to find insane. To grow is to find change. To be yourself is to find bravery. A sour life equals a sweet grave. That's what some say. Because when you come from the slum, to find peace is to find none. The Finding by Brandon Dawson. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Composition Podcast, episode 21. Of course, as always, it's your host, Dermaine, back with another one for you. This is the first episode in the month of August. Um, I hope you've been trying your best to stay consistent coming into the second half of the year. It's almost fucking over. This this year kind of flew by. Um, that opening poem there, again, comes from Brandon Dawson and his poetry book that he released not too long ago called Couldn't Let You Tell It. He's a writer from right here in Maryland. He's from Baltimore. Please go check out his work. I still haven't given away the fucking signed copy of the poetry book that I have from him, but I'm pretty sure I'll be doing that this month. If you want to get into it, check out his poetry. You can buy the book from his website, or you can win this free copy at Dermain.com. Just sign up. As long as you're a book club member, you might get a chance to win. Um, I started the month of July off like really well with my reading. I think I was only like two books behind on my uh, reading list goal, and I was catching up. But everybody's fucking birthday was at the end of July. I won't say I didn't have fun, but it definitely killed my consistency. So I'm trying to get back to it this month. I want to do this thing for the month of August based on the books I did read in between in July. I think I want to do all murder mysteries for the month of August. So you've been rocking with me, reading with me. I know we do a lot of history, but yeah, let's, let's have some fun with that. Um... I feel like I'm rushing a little bit, though. Before I get into any literature, of course, we're going to talk about a few subjects this week. That opening poem there really just reassures for me the old saying that the person who knows it all realizes that they don't know anything. Um, Really, it just re- reinforces to me that perspective is ultimately everything. You can have your own happiness in your own world, in your own bubble, but that's you forcing yourself to cut off everything that's around you. I mean, that can be seen as a good thing or a bad thing. But then when you give yourself to the world wholly, you have to accept all of the bloodshed and all of the, the negative, all the vitriol that comes with that. So it's the red pill or the blue pill, really. Like, you can accept everything that comes with the world and never, probably never truly be happy. Or you can pursue your own happiness therefore sacrificing everything that's around you. Finding the balance in between both is really the struggle of life, if you will. So I thought that was a really great poem. Glad to open up with it again. It's by Brandon Dawson. Go follow him on IG at the Don Dawson. I believe that's his Twitter name also. So for sure, go check him out. So again, like the poem is saying, for me, perspective is everything. And when you choose that utopian understanding of what the world is and and pretty much sacrifice the truth for comfortability, for happiness, you end up putting yourself in a really dangerous position sometimes. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. Sometimes that ignorance can cost you your life. 
For example, when coronavirus first was a thing, when COVID-19 first became a thing, it was a huge rumor and almost a fucking urban legend it became. And I know myself personally, I honestly did believe it. Everyone around me believed it, that black people couldn't catch COVID. That really was a thing. That either it was an old person's disease or that just black people couldn't get it in general. And when you choose that perspective, that type of, well, I'm just gonna go with the crowd with everybody says, it could cost you a lot. So I say that to say I won't make that same mistake with monkeypox. It's, it's, it's being reported and you're seeing everywhere that it's a, a homosexual disease, the gay man's disease, that you can only get it with uh, contact with bodily fluids with sex with somebody that has it, and it's usually, or it's more than likely only in homosexuals. I'm calling bullshit just because of how we did this exact same thing with coronavirus, and it, it cost us millions of lives. I know people personally affected, people really close to me, really affected by this. So I really want us to not do the same with this monkeypox thing. Please try to find out as much information as you can about it and try to protect yourself as early on as possible. But again, the, the duality of perspective. You have to be able to take all of this information in and determine for yourself what's fact. You have to be able to filter through all of the bullshit, just like with coronavirus, with all of the, the symptoms and all of the nonsense that was reported. You have to be able to, to, to scale back probably hopefully find some type of scientific research that you can put faith into that's probably been tested but yeah with all that being said just be smart out here be safe out here understand understand fully what you're getting yourself into or go into it blindly but just be able to accept what comes with that ignorance yeah crazy world so far it's it's it's, it's definitely heated up for summer in every way possible and if you know anything about winter it's probably gonna get worse but let's not get sad too early i always do that actually you know what let's stay sad for a little second let's give a r.i.p to a fucking legend uh, a, a historical centerpiece really for the nba want to say a special rest in peace to bill russell also known as william felton russell he was an American professional basketball player who played as a center for the Celtics in the NBA from 1956 to 1969. So it's really hard for you if you know anything about basketball, anything about the NBA. I would say it's hard for you to be a true fan and truly understand the sport if you've never heard or don't know who Bill Russell is. He's really that iconic in the sport of basketball, really in American sports, period. Before there was a Michael Jordan to come in and win six straight championships, there was a Bill Russell to win 11 championships in a 13-year career. Before there was Kobe Bryant to win five championships and what, two, three MVPs, there was Bill Russell to win five MVPs. He's that guy. And then if you want to throw icing on top of the cake, if you know anything about the NBA, then you know. The Boston area, that's that Celtics fan base, is probably, I won't say they are, but probably the most racist group of fans in all of sports. Bill Russell 
played for that team in the 50s and 60s. The centerpiece of that team during the 50s and 60s, absolutely mind-blowing. Everything about his career is iconic, is a feat that we'll never see again. I believe the MVP award is named after Bill Russell. Like, he's really that. Like, you can just Google him yourself, really find out his history. But he was that guy. He was born February 12th, 1934 in Monroe, Louisiana. And he died just recently, July 31st, on Mercer Island, Washington, at the age of 88. He was drafted from the University of San Francisco in the first round of the 1956 draft, second pick overall to the St. Louis Hawks. He played from 1956 to 1969, and he also coached many of those years while still playing. So again, really truly iconic player. Rest in peace to Bill Russell. The accolades, like really, when you really want to talk about basketball accolades, there isn't really anybody that you can put above this guy. So a huge rest in peace to Bill Russell. He's always going to be remembered for what he accomplished, for the ground he broke in basketball and entertainment period. Well, in the vein of basketball, uh, it looks like Brittany Griner might be getting her chance to come home. Um, CNN Politics reports that after months of debate, the Biden administration is offering to exchange a convicted Russian arms trafficker named Viktor Bout for an American teacher named Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner. Now, a lot of people are against this, number one being Trump. He's been very vocal of how he would not do this, and when he becomes president, there's going to be so many changes and yada, yada, yada. But let's just focus on Britney for a second. This is a, 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 a huge thing for her, if it's true, if it's possible. Then hopefully she can come back and tell her story, how she needs to tell it, and not how everybody want to tell it for her. Like, big ups for that. As far as the Russian arms dealer, who's uh, probably gonna go home and continue to sell more arms. It's being reported that his name is the Merchant of Death. So whatever he got that name for, I'm pretty sure he earned that shit. But hey man, sometimes you just gotta pay the cost to be the boss. You wanna play, you gotta pay. And that's um, unfortunately the position America is finding itself in right now. I mean, of course, I'm assuming this, but of course they wanted to keep this all under wraps. I'm pretty sure they didn't want the public to find out about this until it was gonna be done and for right now this is just all the speculation we have that this is what's gonna happen but we couldn't just continue to look like we're getting bullied and pushed around by fucking Russia right hopefully it works out for the best for everyone and I know for a fact if I ever go anywhere international I'm probably not gonna smoke any weed. It just doesn't seem worth it. Like all of the stories I've seen of athletes and entertainers traveling abroad and getting caught up and being like in prison for really long periods of time for weed or fucking pens or whatever the situation, it's really just not worth it. So just be careful wherever you go, man. Speaking of traveling abroad, Judge Marcos Jesus Jubarius is taking Shakira to trial. Or better yet, Shakira is taking them to trial. However you want to look at it, Shakira is going to trial for tax evasion 
in the years of 2012, 2013, and 2014 in Spain. So the judge argued that Shakira lived over 200 days in all of those years in Spain, so she's liable to pay taxes. Uh, one thing that I've uh, learned from working around rich people is that um, if you live less than half a year, less than 49% in a certain uh, country or state, you don't have to pay taxes there. So that's why people that have these homes spend a few months there, go back home to their main home, live there, and that's where they want to pay taxes. Yada yada. Apparently, the judge says Shakira owes that country $17 million for evo ev excuse me, evading taxes. I can't even get it out of so much fucking money. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, another big money move. A mega million ticket in Illinois. Shit is ridiculous. I've never played the mega million in my life until just a few days ago. I had uh, the peer pressure from people around me telling me to do it. But yeah, the jackpot was $1.28 billion, I believe. Oh, wait, no, hold on, let me see that. $1.34 billion. That's how much the jackpot was. And it was sold to a customer in Illinois, That the winning ticket. One sole winner, $1.34 billion. I believe it was like 22 or 23 people had the uh, six, I believe it's like five or six mega million numbers. But the huge jackpot was just sold to one ticket holder in Illinois. I don't think they claimed the prize yet. But what would you do with $1.34 billion? Of course, who knows? After taxes, that's probably going to be like six or $700 million. But still, that just overnight on a lottery ticket. What would you do with that much money? Please comment and let me know. Talk to me on the on the socials. Let me know what you would what you would do with that overnight kind of fucking life changing event just happening to you. For me, the first thing I would do probably eat good. Where's the number one restaurant on earth? That's where we're going for fucking sure. <laughs> then we're going to the biggest library on earth. Like we're gonna we're, we're gonna do some sightseeing first. I apologize. I've I come from poverty. It's a lot of shit I want to get off first. I got to really go back and enjoy my childhood first. Now I'm an adult with this much money. Let's move forward. That's really how I would treat it. But that's just me. So our book of the week this week comes from an author named Geneva Rose. Um, it wasn't until I found this book that I really wanted to make a conscious effort to read murder mysteries and thriller books for uh, this month. But like I so often do, I just saw this cover for the book One of Us is Dead while just scrolling through um, scrolling through iBooks, just looking for something interesting. I saw this cover of a woman, redhead chick, with a pair of scissors behind her back. She looks really deceptive, really devious. And the book is called One of Us is Dead. So instantly, I just knew it was going to be some bullshit, something I, will, I really was here for, was going to be interested in. What I didn't know is that I was walking into a season of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, literally. But everything about this book was a fucking experience. Um, again, the author's name is Geneva Rose, author of The Perfect Marriage. This book here comes from a company called Blackstone Publishing. They actually have a really dope little logo on this book, too. 
But this version I have here is the audiobook version. Um, it's 345 pages. Not really long at all, trust me. But definitely jam-packed with a lot of action. A lot of fucking little, little Easter eggs dropped around the book that you're not going to catch until the very end of the book. Geneva Rose did a really great job with that. Her little Easter eggs really helped drive the book. And once you get to the end and you go back and kind of take it in, breathtaking fucking book. Um, I hope it's not disrespectful to say that this book reminded me of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, but it did. There was just so much drama amongst this group of women. And not even just the women, the husbands too, just like the show. Uh, there's Jenny, Olivia, Karen, Crystal, Shannon, and I think I'm forgetting one, I'm not sure. But there's a group of women, this group of socialites. They meet up as friends, but not really but they're all successful, but not really. And they all kind of like each other, but also kind of hate each other. And then there's like intermingling and a whole bunch of, wow. Um, definitely wouldn't be my first choice of a book to read. But when I tell you I enjoyed this book from the fucking dedication page to the end of the book. Definitely one of my favorite books of the year. I know I say that every episode, but every episode seems, I, I seem to find a, a great book. So I am happy for that. Yeah, um, my excerpt, I don't even know which chapter to read for the excerpt. Like they're really all just so fucking entertaining. And I feel like if I choose something that just cliffhangs you, uh, it'll be bad. Let me, give me a second. Uh. So my excerpt is gonna be chapter 16, called Crystal. That's the character it's about, even though it's really about Shannon. But, um, yeah, I'm not even gonna, you know, try to give you any more backstory. Let me just get into it, and we can explain a little bit after. Here we go. I watched Bryce kiss Shannon on the cheek. I felt a bit uneasy, but I knew he was just trying to make nice. He didn't want his ex-wife making a scene, and he knew Shannon was like a china dish, fragile and prone to breaking into a million pieces. Is Shannon trying to steal her man back? Olivia said with a smile. She's just being professional, Karen said. As is Bryce, I added. The only thing worse than hope is false hope. Olivia sipped her champagne. I'm going to get a better view. This is for sure going to be a train wreck. She tried to grab Dean's hand, but he grabbed her arm with force. Stop, he warned in a low growl. Stop what? Olivia tried to pull her arm away. With the drama, he tightened his eyes. Ow, I'm just having fun. This time when she pulled, her arm came free. It was covered in red marks from where his fingers had been. She'd rubbed her arm with her hand, trying to soothe it. That hurt you, asshole. Cool it on the drinks. She pushed him back, turned on her foot, and disappeared into the crowd. When I glanced around at the other girls, it seemed none of them had noticed what happened. I'd seen this type of toxic relationship before, and I knew firsthand that it could be deadly. Are you guys still having the monthly book club at the salon tomorrow morning? Jenny asked. Karen laughed. If you can even call it that, thanks to Olivia's pick. What book did she choose? Keisha asked. 
Vogue. The girls laughed, but I didn't. I was still thinking about what just happened between Olivia and Dean. Was this a common occurrence? Was Dean abusive? The room suddenly quieted as the spotlight lit up Shannon on stage. As much as she and I were at odds, I hoped this would go well. Shan needed to sh Shannon needed to show Buckhead that she had moved on, even if she hadn't yet. She grabbed the mic and cleared her throat. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. As you all know, I'm Shannon Madison, she began. Whispers ensued throughout the audience, followed by shushing. Karen, Jenny, and Keisha helped quiet the crowd. I shook my head slightly. She should have said Shannon Block. She was no longer Shannon Madison. She smiled and continued, thanking everyone for their generous contributions and talking about the charity and what the money would be used for. She thanked those that had volunteered. She thanked the members of the Buckhead Women's Foundation. And then it was time for her to introduce Bryce. He was being honored for the work he had done to secure a building and the finances needed to open a recreation, a recreation center in Atlanta for at-risk youth. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to the man of honor, Shannon began. Karen clasped her hands together as if she were praying. You all know him as your congressman, but I know him very differently as he was once my husband. Bryce and I met 15 years ago. We fell madly in love, and together we built a beautiful life. Yes, I know you've all heard about our temporary separation. Whispers ensued. This is so painful, Keisha said to Jenny. Should we stop her? Karen asked. That'll make it worse, Jenny leaned in. Nothing can be worse than this, Keisha said. Shannon held her smile through all the whispering and continued. Love like the love Bryce and I had, excuse me, have, never dies. It just changes, morphs like clay, but it can always get back to its original shape. She's drunk, right? Keisha asked. Has to be, Jenny said. She looked over at me and gave me an encouraging smile. I wasn't the one that needed the reassurance, though. Shannon needed all the strength in the room at this moment. Shannon paced back and forth on the stage. The mic slipped from her hand and hit the floor with a thud. She bent down, nearly falling over, and picked it up. Oopsie daisy, she said. Now where was I? Oh yes, Bryce and I, Bryce and I are getting back together. People whispered and looked around the room. Eyes were on me. Eyes were on Bryce and eyes were on Shannon. Bryce started quickly up the stairs on the stage. They say if you love someone, let them go. And if they come back, then it's meant to be. So Bryce, here you are. Shannon motioned to Bryce right as he got on stage. It, looked, it had looked as though the whole thing had been planned. But Bryce's face told the truth as it was red with anger and embarrassment. Come to me, my friend, my lover, my everything, my... Bryce grabbed the mic from Shannon. She tried to lean in for a kiss, but he stepped aside and she tumbled over. 
It would appear someone's had a little too much to drink this evening, Bryce said with a smile. He looked at Shannon, who was still trying to get her footing. Her face was wrinkled up in confusion, as if she had no idea what just happened. The crowd exploded with laughter. Oh, Shannon, you sure know how to put the X in ex-wife, he laughed. Shannon's eyes moistened as she searched the faces in the crowd. My heart broke for her. In all seriousness, you did a wonderful job here tonight putting on this event. So, thank you for the handoff, but I'll take it from here. You certainly deserve our gratitude and a night of relaxation. Minus the alcohol, Bryce said, winking to the crowd and then looking at Shannon. Her eyes grew wide like she was just starting to understand what was going on. He returned his gaze to the crowd. Give it up for my ex-wife Shannon, everyone. Applause ensued as she slowly walked off stage. But as the great Taylor Swift once said, we are never, ever, ever getting back together. The crowd roared with laughter as Bryce slapped his own knee and the DJ quickly threw on the track. Shannon's eyes filled with tears. Karen, Keisha, and Jenny scurried toward her while everyone sang along to Swift's catchy lyrics. Bryce found my face in the crowd as he led the sing-along and he winked at me. My eyes narrowed. My lips remained pressed firmly together. How could he have done this to Shannon? How could he have embarrassed her like this? He loved her once. She had been his wife. If he could do this to her, what would he do to me? All right, that is the end of the chapter. That was chapter 16 from the book, One of Us is Dead by Geneva Rose. So first I wanna highlight just how entertaining that chapter was. Um, when I was reading the book, I honestly bust out in tears, crying, laughing. I'm an asshole. And this Bryce guy is an ultimate fucking asshole. So that, in that moment, to fucking freestyle like that, I was crying laughing. Trust me when I tell you. Um, but even in this chapter, there was an Easter egg that I recalled. So this chapter is read from the perspective of Crystal, who is Bryce's new wife. Shannon was his ex-wife, and then there's uh, three or four other women who are part of this social club. But um, in the chapter, Crystal says, um, I've seen that kind of abuse. I know what that looks like in regards to Olivia's relationship. Olivia is like the head of the socialite group. Not because they choose her to be the head, but she's a vicious woman and she takes what she wants and she wants to be the head and she's gonna do nothing to stop from getting what she wants. So, um, she says, Crystal says in the chapter to herself, I've seen that kind of abuse before. Now, in passing, just reading it, you wouldn't know, you know, you would just think that that's in the book. But for me, it became an Easter egg once you get to the end of the book. And I'm not going to give out why, like I almost just did. But um, really interesting book. Please go check it out. Um, if you enjoyed that chapter, trust me when I tell you, you're going to find much more funny shit, much more heartbreaking shit. Uh, there's so much to be said about this book. Um, there's a, a robbery that takes place kind of in the beginning of the book. And then when you come to find out why it happened, who, excuse me, who it happened to, 
this is one of those books really where I have to I have to measure how much I can say because each chapter interconnects and it really does lead you on a fun filled adventure. Please go check out uh, this book One of Us is Dead and I will say this book is not predictable. You would think that it is because, you know, it's women in drama, so you're going to try to guess where this book goes. I was completely wrong with who I thought was going to die. I mean, I kind of felt it at first, but then, you know, the way the book is written, uh, it bounces around. You're going to think it's a few different people, but once you finally get to that end, great fucking ending. Huge shout out to Geneva Rose. Um, I, I for sure have to go check out some more of her work. This is the first book I've ever read by her, and I was so entertained that I literally am dedicating this whole month to reading mysteries and thrillers. So huge shout out to Geneva Rose. Um, everybody that signed up for the Composition Book Club in July, all of the members got a free copy of this book. So if you are a member, pretty sure you got it. Go check your Apple uh, email or check your spam, but you for sure have this book today. Um, again, just go read it and enjoy it. For next week, the book of the week is going to be Into the Water by Paula Hawkins. Now, um, I've, I read a Paula Hawkins book, maybe maybe like my first or second fucking episode ever. But uh, I read her book, The Girl on the Train. Really enjoyed that book. And I hated the movie, though. But, you know, I really can't wait to get into this book keep on my, my my thriller fucking binge, see if I can solve me some crimes. I hope you're taking this journey with me. If you have any recommendations, please send them to me at Composition Book Club on Instagram or on Twitter, or you can send them to my personals, Dermain.com, first of all, at underscore, at underscore <laughs> Dermain on IG and Twitter, Dermain on Facebook. Um... I have a few pieces of literature that I want to give out, and I also have a, a nice little giveaway that I'll I'll talk more about next episode for, you know, some loyal readers. But let's get into some music. What do we want to do? I'm definitely going to play some of my music because I just released a new album and because this is my show, so why not? Please go to Dermain.com or to any of your own streaming services that you like to use for music and go get that new Iliad album. That's I-L-Y-A-D. That stands for I Love You Always, Dermain. Um, it's kind of a love album, kind of a hate album, whatever you want to call it. Um, but definitely a collection of nine songs that I've worked over on the last year. And I really fucking, I really enjoyed making it. With the people I made it with, my brother Jano, shout out to him. Shout out to my engineer, Nate Slacks. He's been rocking with me since fucking high school. I've played his music on the show before. Um, those are the only two people that I really involved in this whole whole process. So definitely go check that out. Let me know what you think. I'll, I'll, I'll do something special with the giveaway as far as the album is concerned. But I really hope you all rock with it. Um, what do I want to play from this album? I've already played fucking Rost. You've heard that before. I should just play it again. Fuck it. Why not? But, um... Hmm. You'll hear it. 
I hope you're back next week for episode 22 of the Composition Podcast. Please go get this book by Geneva Rose called One of Us is Dead. Also, go get Paula Hawkins' uh, Into the Water. I started reading like the first chapter already. The girl is dead already. So, spoiler alert, it's a girl. She's dead. And the book is called Into the Water. So, if I really have to explain any further, maybe, you know. <laughs> Maybe this isn't your kind of thing. Maybe you should just go watch some movies. Um, This has been the Composition Podcast, episode 21. Hope you enjoyed. From the album, I'm going to play the track, The Longest Haiku. So enjoy. I'm out. Okay, now God bless the man that hold his own. God bless the woman turn her home to a throne. The company you keep was never solid if they fold. The enemy is really just a friend with hidden stones. Maneuvering is key in any gutter trench a hole. You can't take the heat to stay away from the stove. For every group of loyal niggas, there's one Judas disciple. Love and hate is equal, don't matter if they don't like you. Poetic when I put it together, more like a haiku. Man, a few words, unless I wanna entice you. I know some wolves countrywide that's always ready for madness. And fly little birdies that's ready soon as I'm landing. Gorillas in my corner, ensuring I'm never crashing. Everywhere I go, it's like National Geographic. I fuck her, do it tantric. I leave her for having tantrums. You ask me why she hand me some, nigga, I'm handsome. She say I'm, I'm handsome, handsome, a handful and then some My confidence is six six, my ego like ten tons My guy stand ten toes, if I won, we all won Yeah, you might love her, but when I come, you lost one When I say so, she do that when I say so When I say so, she do that when I say so And you know so, when I say so, you should lay low When I say so